0: We are back yet again here with Thick Man Inc. And this week, we would be celebrating hitting 10K followers on TikTok. But instead, we will be celebrating hitting 11K followers on TikTok. You guys are great. Now, on to the actual podcast. And first things off, a miracle took place in the NFL last week. The Detroit Lions, who everyone seemed to think were going to go completely defeated, beat the Minnesota Vikings. And as a Vikings fan, I was happy about this game because it is pretty much ensured the firing of Mike Zimmer. But I was also happy for the Detroit Lions. I think Dan Campbell is a good coach coach who has had some very unfortunate circumstances happen to him this year. I think the more mature he gets as a leader, the better he's going to be. And this Detroit team, while statistically the least talented team in NFL history, might have a real future under him. So I'm glad they're not going 0-17, 0-16-1 so Dan Campbell can retain his job. Good for him good for the kneecap biter
1: well you know some would say that good coaches aren't ten 10 and 1 what is it uh that's i can't count 13 games into the season but the funniest thing about the lions actually beating the vikings is that it feels like it's almost certain that they're going to ruin their chance at the first overall pick this year they've lost multiple games this year by a field goal prior to them finally earning a win they actually wound up tying a game to me this shows they're definitely going to find a way to win another game and then they're going to vanquish the first overall pick to the Texans or the Jaguars who I think you know we'd love to talk about how bad the Lions roster is but the Texans roster I think rivals how bad that Lions roster is and the Jaguars roster is also very bad so now that they finally have tasted victory the wins are just going to keep stacking up and Dan Campbell like you said is going to keep biting kneecaps now while the Lions may be the hottest team in the NFL for the rest of the season there is one game that I think is going to have a lot of importance on it that no one is going to watch it is the most important unimportant game of the season the Texans and Jaguars are going to square off on December 19th and the loser of that game I think is going to determine the first overall pick and if they find a way to tie I'm um, the Jets will be the first overall
0: pick Jaguars also play the Jets for the record
1: <laughs> well you know and for some reason I do have a little
0: bit of faith in the Jets they always find a
1: way to win
0: those weird games well look if this were last year with someone like Trevor Lawrence in the draft pools or Gar- as a franchise-changing quarterback, I'd say, yeah, you probably shouldn't win any more games, but as much as I love Aiden Hutchinson and as high as I value him, I don't think a really high-level defensive end or a really high-level left tackle is enough to potentially ruin your coach's gig and tank for. I think the Detroit Lions need to be about winning so they can get a winning culture in there, finish the season strong, and have momentum going into next year rather than just getting another good player and keeping with their terrible culture. Because, let's be honest, Detroit has had a terrible culture for a long 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 time.
1: Well I can see I can see that part of the argument especially due to the fact that there isn't a high quarterback prospect in this draft class. I also don't think it's safe to assume that Aiden Hutchinson is the guarantee No and it's
0: him or it's going to be a bunch of tackles I feel like. I don't think the Lions would take a quarterback and there isn't really a true quarterback good enough to justify them bringing him in there with Jared Goff's contract. Like no one in this year's draft is really good enough to build a future round 100% guaranteed
1: it also does decrease the value of their draft pick when it comes to if there is a team crazy enough to trade up maybe there's a team that's in love with Kavon Thibodeau or they need that franchise left tackle and Evan Neal and they just want to guarantee that no one else is going to take them it, it does decrease the value of the pick from that standpoint although it's impossible to know if there is a team out there willing to pay a price for the first overall pick
0: oh they're playing teams willing to pay a price the question is if it's a high price name big enough price to actually Get that pick. And for the record, I'll just throw this out there. Evan Neal, Ivan Neal, I don't want to say his name. Very good tackle. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be misconstrued saying he's not, but I actually have Charles Cross as the best offensive lineman in this year's draft. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Man from Mississippi State, complete freak of nature. Six foot five, three ten, quick as a bullet. He might wind up on your Giants.
1: Is he, now, you know, educate the uneducated here. Is he being regarded as a first-round pick currently? Because I have not personally heard his name being tossed a run.
0: I feel like he's certainly being regarded as a first-round pick. I don't know how highly he's being regarded. I just know from the very limited film I have watched, he looks very special. Particularly in the pass block. Like... (laughs) That's what you need in the modern NFL. So watch
1: out. What about uh, the NC State tackle? I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name.
0: Oh, God. Let me think. He is regarded really highly as well. Like Kim Inkuuna? Inkuuna? <laughs> something.
1: I don't know how to say it.
0: I don't know. He'll probably be a top 10 pick. He certainly will be a top 10 pick unless something changes the coming days. But I just don't have him that eye. Granted, I have not watched film of him yet, so things may change. But from watching college football this year, I know that Bella Down from Mississippi State's is pretty special. But we have gone very far off topic into talking about offensive tackles. I would like to briefly shift things back, then we will move on to our next topic. It's good that the Lions are winning games, both for the NFL and for their sake, and it's good that the Minnesota Vikings lost this game for my sake, so I can celebrate Mike Zimmer's inevitable firing.
1: So you root for losses at this point. That you know, that's not the best standpoint to take best point of view. I to take root for as a,
0: a new coach, and I know exactly how stuck in their ways Minnesota Vikings ownership is, so I'm just open to change. But speaking of change, the number one seed in the AFC has not changed in the grand scheme of things. We were spared one year of the Patriots dynasty. Now, they're back. This time with Mac Jones. They are the team to beat in the AFC. They are red hot. And despite passing the ball a grand total of three times, they beat the Buffalo Bills last evening. And I'm a Bills fan, so this might sound a little bit biased. But I'll say this. Your second Having team is the Bills. Don't,
1: you know, you're a Vikings fan. Don't come in here.
0: It's- I'm a Bills supporter. <laughs> there you go. That's a name <laughs> But when your team's offense is predicated around a high-flying offense which throws deep balls, having 35 to 50 mile an hour winds is not exactly conducive to uh, many points being scored compared to the fact their defense lost its best player in Mr. White last week, and I am not exactly uh, burying the Bills for this loss. That was a uh, act of God. The heavens were against Josh Allen, and they triumphed yesterday.
1: Well, I think this game did show just how well-rounded the Patriots are, with the exception of the fact that they're not able to throw the ball over the top like a lot of other teams in the NFL can, like the Bills can. And the weather's set up perfectly where they will won- wouldn't have they been able to throw the ball over the top anyway. The Bills weren't really able to throw the ball over the top. And I love to be a detractor of Josh Allen, because it does hurt a little bit that the Gi- Giants passed on Josh Allen back in. And, and that I've
0: been such a consistent supporter of Josh Allen since day one. And
1: that Isaiah has said Josh Allen is the next great thing, even when Josh Allen couldn't hit the broadside of a barn.
0: Hey, sneaky athleticism and big arm, Tristan. Sneaky athleticism and big arm. I cannot use
1: this game as a reason to completely throw Thrash and trash the Bills. I cannot use it as a reason to thrash Josh Allen. I know on Undisputed, uh, the uh Skip Bayless laid into the Bills. He laid into Josh Allen. But I think it's disingenuous to not acknowledge that going into the game, we knew the Bills had no run game. If you take Josh Allen out of the Bills run game, they don't have a lot of rushing yards and they're one of the worst running games in the NFL. So with 50 mile per hour wind gusts, they were doomed from the start. It's actually quite impressive that they were even that close to winning the game and their offense is entirely built around Josh Allen's big arm ability to throw the ball 80 yards down the field and with those wins you're not able to do that the game was such a throwback to the 1970s Mac Jones only had one pass attempt up until the fourth quarter and that element of the game I think showed how the Patriots were willing to do anything they need to to win it felt like at certain points that on a third down or first down in the red zone where they should just pass it and they they did Q they did a QB sneak on third and six and they did another QB stick on fourth down the Patriots will do anything to win the elements of weather were against the Bills from the start we knew the Bills had no run game we knew the Bills offensive line is very good and on top of everything the Bills had an opportunity to win the game if Stefan Diggs catches the touchdown that under other other circumstances he normally makes so I can't use this game as a reason to uh, detract from the Bills games like the Jaguars are a much better reason to uh, say why the Bills aren't good or I honestly any of the other of the Bills' losses this season are better reasons to detract from the Bills. Now, come playoff time, this is a game they have to win, but I don't think you can use
0: it. I can't use this to hate on them at this point. Come playoff time, every single win is a must-win game. The Bills do indeed have a very weak run game, but more concerningly, they have a very weak run defense, particularly against teams with strong running games. I know, shocking. Derrick Henry had maybe the best running back game of the past five years against them. Marilyn Mack absolutely destroyed them when they played the Colts, and now the Patriots kind of ran all over them, so Oh, that is what my... Did you say Marlon Mack? Do you even know who the Colts running I back is? Marlon Mack, my bad. That is a previous year. Jonathan Taylor absolutely destroyed them. <laughs> I'm getting sucked back into my old poor fantasy draft picks. I thought Marlon Mack was going to be with Jonathan Taylor. It turned out to be this year about two years ago. I was wrong, but we don't need to get it's into okay. that. You're hey, wrong wh- how's your fantasy team looking this year? Okay, that's what I thought. Let's not talk about it. I've had a couple that injuries. Goes. You had an injury to your brain when you drafted that team, but Bill's of a weak run defense that could be a problem come playoff time if they go up against the chiefs again i'd be very confident their secondary even without white is pretty special but if they have to go up against the titans with a healthy derrick henry come back a well-rested healthy derrick henry come back It's going to be rough. But speaking of rough, we have trouble in paradise in the AFC North. In a play some would call baffling, John Harbaugh decided he was going to go for two to try and put the Pittsburgh Steelers away late in the game on Sunday. That decision was made when Mr. Harbaugh had the best kicker in the NFL standing on the sideline and unsurprisingly, they did not succeed. They put themselves away thanks to a T.J. Watt pressure on Lamar Jackson, which resulted in a drop 2 point conversion. So, do we still think Think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC North. Probably. But they're very beatable. They don't score a lot of points on a regular basis, particularly against good defenses. And losing to a Pittsburgh Steelers team led by big woman respecter himself, Roethlisberger, is a bad sign. So what do you make of this game, Tristan? The feeling I continue
1: to get from the Ravens week in and week out is that no matter how poorly Lamar is playing or how poor their defense is playing, they're always going to find a way to fight to win the game. And they're going to find a way to stay into the game. It doesn't even matter. The quality of the opponent I mean they beat the Chiefs by one they beat the Lions by two on a 66 yard field goal they beat the Colts in overtime they beat the Vikings in overtime they beat the Bears by three and they beat the Browns by six and now they've lost to the Steelers by one they're in a lot of one score games this season and it seems like more often than not they find a way to win those games I trust them come playoff time to keep games close at least and let Lamar finish off the drive I mean they were in a position to win the game I don't necessarily think the two-point conversion was a horrible decision. Uh, I mean, it was a dropped pass. It wasn't the worst pass ever. The play just didn't work out. And at the end of the day, they still have a two-game lead on the Steelers. They still have a two-game lead on the rest of their division. So they're still leading the AFC North. Also on the two-point conversion, there was an encroachment that could have been called that wasn't called. This game doesn't mean a lot to me from the Steelers are back or the Ravens are done. I think the Ravens are incredibly consistent on how they've been winning games this season. I think no matter who they see to play it seems to be a close game
0: for the record they're only one game up on the Bengals, a Bengals team who beat the brakes off of them the last time they played and i will say the last game they did play which had a more than one score disparity was a few weeks ago and it was a loss to the dolphins but they have been staying games very well and winning them late my issue with the ravens is i think they're a very good team and will probably be a wild card team but they play the packers they play the Browns, they play the Steelers, and they play the Rams in the next four games. To the next five games. And they play the Bengals again. So, there is a very real possibility the Ravens lose three of those games. They play quite a few good teams. Like, the worst team they play is a Browns team, which has their running backs healthy. That's not exactly a uh promising way to close your schedule it's It's not an easy way to It is the hardest close of a schedule I've seen in quite a while. You don't think the Steelers are going to be going at it 100% on the last game of the season to try and sneak into the playoffs? I mean, maybe if they get eliminated and drop a few games in a row here, sure, they'll uh, let their starters rest or call it a quits on the year, but I feel like the Steelers will at least be in contention for that final wildcard spot, so they are going to send everybody at the Ravens.
1: While that is a real possibility, I also, I don't know, I just, the way the Ravens games have played out this year, I'm not saying they're the best team. In the AFC. I mean, there is also the perspective that they're playing all these close games. Eventually, it's going to catch up to them, and they're not going to be able to win those close games, and all their injuries that they've been having are going to get to them. I, I just... I tend to believe in Lamar Jackson. I tend to believe in the Ravens' ability to keep things close. Uh, when a guy goes down, it seems like next guy up. I mean, Devonta Freeman seems to be back to Falcons' Devonta Freeman all of a sudden in the Ravens' system. So I trust the Ravens. I think they're going to make it to the playoffs. I don't know how much noise they'll make in the playoffs. All in all, the loss to the Steelers didn't mean that much to me.
0: They will not be making much noise in the playoffs because I still have very little faith in our friend Lamar Jackson in the postseason because it's easy to key in on him and they don't really have that many weapons to protect him from that I could be wrong this could be where he finally makes a run but until I see it I won't believe it but that is the it for our NFL topics we have one final topic a question I will pose to you Tristan and let you uh respond to it. is the earth flat no <laughs> <laughs> you fool you idiot you stooge you <laughs> knucklehead mcspazitron the earth is clearly flat i'll explain why for the uh, slower members of the community what covers 70 percent of the earth tristan <laughs> the ocean the ocean Was the ocean made out of water is that water carbonated no therefore the earth is flat i rest my case
1: how <laughs> does that make any sense
0: most of earth's surface is water that water is not carbonated therefore that water is flat most of earth's surface is flat the earth is flat
1: Oh I my, my I didn't even realize the play on words there <laughs> exactly
0: there is no play on words we live in a flat earth, or should I say on a flat earth, although some people do live underground, so they could be in the flat earth too. But we here at Thick Inc., who are proud flat earthers, like to thank you for your continued support. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We try
1: and do the podcast every week. Sometimes there's a scheduling conflict, and we miss one. If you somehow... Thanks for the support, once again, for the 11k followers on TikTok. If you somehow found us from YouTube, follow us over on TikTok, vice versa. We're also on Spotify if you need to close the app and listen to our voices in the background like the video subscribe and we will see you in the next podcast